to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report for February 20th, 2023. Computers, banking, healthcare, transportation, these are only a few of the industries and social services which rely these days on semiconductors. Confluence Investment Management staff economist Thomas Walsh joins us today to discuss their importance, how the need to secure an adequate supply drives many U.S. foreign policy decisions and can shape geopolitical events, and where investment opportunities might exist. Thomas, sometimes it seems the United States is scrambling these days to ensure adequate future supplies of semiconductors. Is this a fair characterization? Well, kind of. This was a major problem after the pandemic. However, many of the bottlenecks have been resolved. There's currently a glut in advanced semiconductors due to a sharp increase in the production of chips and a decline in demand for electronics. That said, there does seem to be a shortage of simple chips needed for cars. Your research into this led you to a book that you found to be helpful. The author is Chris Miller, and the title is Chip War, the Fight for the World's Most Critical Technology. Do you agree that the current competition for semiconductors can be described as a war? Well, I think that the term war really captures the stakes at play as countries look to shore up their semiconductor production. If Chris Miller is correct, which I think he is, chips have replaced steel as the most important resource needed for war. As a result, the competition for semiconductor production will likely ramp up and may lead to conflict in the future. It's useful, I think, to recall that the semiconductor industry began as a U.S. industry more than 60 years ago with manufacturing located within our borders. What happened? Well, there are two main reasons for the offshoring of semiconductor manufacturing. One reason has to do with U.S. foreign policy. Following the end of the Second World War, the U.S. government concluded that strong economies in Southeast Asia were better than weak ones. As a result, Washington helped promote trade within those countries to make them dependent on the U.S. for growth. Now, the second reason has to do with cost efficiency. Semiconductor firms wanted to boost production by cutting costs. As a result, these firms looked overseas for cheap labor. So... Do you think it's fair to say that the drive for profits helped create our current reliance on foreign manufacturing for the supplies we need? I wouldn't say profits are the only motivator because market share also plays a role. The cheaper you can sell your chips, the more you can price out your competitor. Although American firms could produce high quality chips, they were constantly being undercut by foreign rivals who often had access to state aid and cheaper financing. Why did the U.S. government allow this to happen? Well, if I could sum it up in one word, I would say hubris. Washington believed that American firms should just out-innovate their competitors. This notion prevented the U.S. from taking a stronger stance on the matter earlier, which allowed other countries to catch up to the U.S. in the quality of their chips. Turning to Taiwan, what exactly is Taiwan's importance today within the semiconductor industry? Taiwan is the market leader for semiconductors. 
Many major companies rely on chips from the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, or TSMC for short, for their goods. As a result, the company represents a critical role in the supply chain for companies such as Apple and Advanced Micro Devices. How did Taiwan itself become so prominent within the industry instead of a different country? Well, I think it really started out of fear of growing China-U.S. relations. The Taiwanese government invested in semiconductor production so that the U.S. would be less inclined to ignore a potential Chinese invasion. As a result, it provided state aid to form TSMC. The company focused on producing chips based on designs from other companies. This allowed firms to focus more on their research and design without having to worry about the cost burden associated with assembling chips. Thomas, I mentioned when we began our discussion, a few of the industries which rely on semiconductors. What I didn't mention specifically then was defense and sophisticated weaponry. How are semiconductors changing defense capabilities? Semiconductors are used in a lot of precision weapons, which can be a game changer in war. In fact, the precision capabilities of missiles, for example, have made it easier for a small country like Ukraine to fight a major power like Russia. As a result, I think that the ability to produce semiconductors may eventually decide the outcome of a war. Well, if the need to ensure semiconductor supplies can be described as a war, how does the U.S. compare to China? Do we have an edge? Well, the U.S definitely has an edge when it comes to semiconductors. It produces much of the software and equipment needed to make chips. As a result, China still needs the U.S.'s help if it wants to advance its chip industry. The U.S. is also allied with many of the top producers of chips, suggesting that it also has the advantage in its access to semiconductors. Is China catching up? Well, when it comes to NAND chips, that is one area that China has found success. However, it has a long way to go before it can develop chips as advanced as the ones used in the United States. Now, their failure is not for a lack of trying. Beijing introduced a $145 billion initiative designed to make China the top producers of chips by 2025. However, mismanagement and scams have led the government to pause the program earlier this year. I know the U.S. has announced several initiatives to bring semiconductor manufacturing home. How long will this take? Well, it takes about three to five years to build a new chip factory and bring it into production. The Biden administration has been able to reduce some of that cost burden through the CHIPS Act, but it will likely take a while before the U.S. is able to be self-reliant on its own chips. I, I imagine tax incentives will be crucial to this effort. Government assistance of all kinds will be needed if the U.S. wants to build its own chip factories. It costs billions of dollars to build a semiconductor plant and even more to train workers. As a result, any penny helps. Recent tax incentives announced by the United States have created some friction with Europe. What do you think is the most likely outcome? Well, the most likely outcome of the U.S. looking to build out its own industry through state aid is for other countries to do the same. I think with respect to semiconductors, it will lead to volatilities within the chip market as countries find their niche and push out their competitors. Thomas, I think this all fits well within the theme of a deglobalizing world that Confluence Investment Management has frequently discussed. For one thing, it appears that we're going to have to get used to higher inflation. Can you discuss what 
investment opportunities might open up as a result of this war over chips. Well, in my personal opinion, the chip industry should benefit in the short to medium term as government assistance should lighten the cost burden of the transition. However, restriction on where these firms can sell goods will hurt company revenues in the long run. Defense equities may also benefit as these companies will find it easier to protect their intellectual property and have a greater say in the assembling process of their chips. Thank you, Thomas. To our listeners, our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Anthony.